Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How's morning. it going? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, just jumping back in, where this is a pre-recorded episode. We have some people training, so just we are traveling. Uh, so that being said, we are just making it clear real quick here about this episode is being automatically already being pre-recorded. However, we definitely encourage you still to chat with other people. Uh, in the chat during the live video, either on YouTube or LinkedIn, because those people are real. Uh, we are we are just not here right now. <laughs> We're here in spirit, always. Yeah. We're Again, here right now, those, so that counts, right? For those who are audio, doesn't matter. Nothing changes for you. Continue. That's true. That's right. Yes. That's right. We've never been real to you. We've we've always been <laughs> an afterthought. Right. Not not really. Just a voice in the ether. Exactly. So on the on the podcast previously, we had talked a little bit around uh, Tommy. You had you have were riding a, a, a nice bike one day, and you're going across. A, oh. It was a gas station, and someone clipped you on the mm. back tire. Was it? They clipped. They hit the frame and snapped the. They uh, hit the frame and, and they snapped stuff. Yeah. So my love not. Thankfully, Tommy's uh, the money maker. Uh, the face part was all okay, no issues. But uh, their bike was very damaged and. Is that a commission? You haven't been biking for a while. I've been borrowing a buddy's bike, but he's much taller than me. So there's a lot of like leaning and going, oh. okay. So, mm. And then um, I was, I um, like the, it's an older bike. And I went, tried to go earlier this week again. I got a flat tire. And if you were in the Wheaton, Chicago area, you would have just heard a loud whelp. <laughs> got really frustrated. So drove with my wife to get it. Bike's uh, now in the lake. It is the bottom. <laughs> There's cinder blocks tied to it. It is gone. (laughs) Basically, we kind of been talking about it for a while, but as my wife said, I think I got a pretty good employee of the year award. All right. All right. HR, Um, HR, give you a a little bonus there. (laughs) So we got a new bike and it's got, I mean, it is nice, man. It's, It's a long time coming. My wife, I think is happier for me, but she knows what it does for me mentally. Just the ride. Seth, I know you know this. It's got mechanical um, shifters. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yes. I was writing it because I got like my bike computer. Because again, data analyst, everything goes to the cloud. Oh, yeah, totally. I think I'm pushing one of something to fabric from Strava. But there we go. Three KPIs, average speed, heart rate and uh, miles. And it I'm going like 22 miles an hour. And I'm like, I got the knee. Colin. That's awesome. So it is nice. Very nice. Very that's, Im- that's impressive, actually, that you lasted this long. Because, Mike, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know if you've ever biked. If I ever exercise? Long, no, I don't. I no, do no, not. No, 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 no. Like, like long, <laughs> long distance, like with, with oh. the nicer bikes, like when you really get into it, and I'm not yeah. nearly as into it as Tommy is, but like they, they, you can, you can go get fit on a bike, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's like, a little, little this way, a little that way, a little whatever, because oh yes, your, your hands can go numb. It yes. just doesn't feel Better right. Part. Your seats and everything. Yeah. So like, Tommy riding somebody else's bike for this Not long, great. I was like, wow, that's, Not great. that's impressive. That's that's dedication, Tommy. That's Dude, dedication I'm to get out there. Happy. It's a Cervelo. It is. So nice. <laughs> it is so nice. I'm nice. happy for you. That's cool. Well, Thanks. and Tommy. So the reason I bring this all up is because Tommy sends us a, a picture. He's he's done his bike ride. He's got his bike. <laughs> You know, in the air, two hands up. He looks like a, a Rocky pitcher, like you know, bam, 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 bam. I can I can see it right now. And 
I was on my phone and I got the picture and I so badly wanted to replace the bike with the fabric logo and just, and just put it, Tommy there, you know, stand up, just like, just champion of the world with a fabric logo on top of I it. Like, I, I, I love fabric. Twitter background, my Twitter banner. If you do that, <laughs> that would be amazing. Anyways, that's what I thought of when, uh, when I saw your picture, but congratulations, Tommy. Happy you got your bike back. Happy you're back onto your routine. It, it's weird when things mess up your routine. Yeah, and and my wife will tell me, I think you need to go on a bike ride. I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, you need to go on a bike ride. Yeah, you need, you know, just get the energy yeah. out. You know, yeah, awesome. Well, very good. Um, well, that, you know, uh, moving on to our actual topic. There's really no connection between the the intro topic and, <laughs> and the actual topic today. So, uh, I mean, uh, the devil's in the detail. It's the detail okay. that I was just talking about. Maybe like, being your okay. bike to your size, your frame. Like, you know, there's a lot of tweaking like it these, these specialists in bikes know exactly true you know, what what to tweak and where to where to make you as comfortable as possible there's your intro there we go <laughs> uh, it, it, it it reminds me of the analogy of the gentleman who goes to fix an an engine inside a big boat mm. right and they charge you an exorbitant amount of money and he comes out with a little tiny hammer and bink hits the engine and it starts running it's not it's not because it's not because i it's not because the hammer hit cost ten thousand dollars. It was because I knew where to hit. That was the point. So same same idea here: tuning and tweaking things. So this is uh, in that way we could we could kind of extrapolate that same analogy to an article from Data Mozart. Um, uh, Nicola has written a really good article here. Is and it's article called "Devil Is in the Detail: uh, Looking at Becoming a Power BI Champion by Thinking Outside of the Box." There are times when you will find you build a report page where the report page is slow for whatever reason. You're pulling data in, uh, but understanding how the visual side of Power BI works in relation to the, the analysis services engine side is something that you learn kind of over time. I don't think day one you really understand all the connected pieces between the front end and the, and the analysis, the cube side. Um, but this article kind of goes into depth here around talking about there is a clustered column chart by dates and starts talking about adding some error bars, upper and lower bounds. And so by doing that a certain way, it forces the engine to do extra work. So I guess, you know, high level is, have you, let's, let's maybe go at a high level or high concept here, right? You build a report, the report has a, a visual on it. That's what the, the customer is asking for. And it's just hog slow. It just takes forever to render. Have you guys encountered that before? Oh yeah, I I've I've done it twice. Well, not yeah, just twice, just twice in my entire twice. career. Yep. In nine years, I've only done this twice. In nine years, yes, only on say, never. Oh never, my, never. All oh, my fifteen <laughs> years of Power BI. So right, yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, man, there's been a, and it's always been because of some convoluted DAX query. Um, majority of the time, in terms of like. We're like okay well we got to do this year cumulative rolling 12 month period and it works and i can see it and then once we do it in the visual that they want because it's always with the category that they want all of a sudden everything <laughs> just slows down and you're like okay it works totally with this but not with this this with not with this and it's just trying to figure things out because of course always it's going to slow for what they actually want it to be grouped with correct or, or there's you know we want to include all these calculations except these other things or something becomes iterative across the table. And by doing that, that's what's causing the challenge or the problem uh, with the data model. So, you know, look, maybe before we talk directly about the article, how, how do you guys go about 
debugging that? What is your pattern for when you find, like, how do you identify on a page? Where's the slow visual? Like, usually my gut tells me certain things, but like, how do you, how, is there anything you use data-wise? Is there any parts of the tool that you use? I have some ideas. Let's, I'll hear what you say. Let's jump over to Seth, maybe. Maybe Seth, where, where do you go digging for slow stuff first? It's been a very long time. <laughs> since I've gotten into so, so when you remember doing report yeah, building. No, I, I think in, in general, it usually try to lock down whether it's the visual, a combination of the calculations within the visual or just the calculation itself. And so I'll rip apart particular mm. visual or, or use performance analyzer to like kind of see what's going on as far as page rendering Yeah. To, to at least get down to like, hey, it's this thing that's taking a while and then start to decompose it. Much in the same way that I would do with a SQL query back in mm. the day. A mm -hmm. lot, yeah. Is deconstruct the query to figure out like, is there a particular area of slowness that I can just address right off the bat before I dive really into the weeds and start looking at the the query plan and and whether or not I'm missing indexes or et cetera, et cetera. So, like, just in general, like those are those are the starting points yeah. before getting into the weeds. So, I think I take a very similar approach. Um, you you can kind of auto detect what's on the page which is slow because when you click something or refresh a, a property or parameter <laughs> you can see the little spins. yeah the little spinning <laughs> wheel right kind of initially so and you can typically you'll see like a lot of visuals just kind of populate quickly those are the ones mm -hmm. that kind of finish first and automatically render there's usually that one or two visuals maybe maybe there's more the, the visual just sits there and spins it just a little, there's a little tiny wheel and it's kind of hard to see because sometimes it's interesting too and i've seen people kind of falter at this a bit I don't know if you guys have also seen this as well, but sometimes I'll see people go into a report and they'll be like, the data's not changing. I'm like, um, actually it's still rendering. You didn't notice that the visual was there, the line chart or whatever, the bar chart, the table was still there. Nothing changed. It wasn't like as instantaneous as you're used to. However, if you look in the upper left-hand corner, you can see it's still spinning. And then, it, and that's, to me, that's like a visual indicator to me, like, oh, it's of these you know, four or five visuals on a page, it's usually this one visual. I feel like I feel, I feel like I find this the most in tables. I feel like that's the one visual that I find this the most in. You say that trends for you as well, Tommy? I was going to say, I think you and I've talked about this before and we have a very similar approach. I would rather have the loading visual with nothing there because you're like, okay, I can, can kind of blow this up, but it's always like you add another field to that table and then everything starts slowing down. You're like, oh, true. no, I, I think you and I do something similar. I'll create a new page with that yeah. visual. Yep. I'll and, copy that visual over to another page yeah. and we like, okay. I think it's this visual. Let's just yeah. isolate this one visual so there's maybe something. Because yeah. you could have a weird filter on the report yeah. page that's causing something odd to go on. Do I, ha is it, do I have unnecessary, like, uh, um, like a hierarchy? So I'll try the table. I'll try some groupings to see if it speeds it up. Because mm -hmm. I want to know first if it's the model. I always check first, is it something with my model? So if I try a higher level grouping with three categories, mm -hmm. that speed it up. Sure. And then from there, it's kind of diving into the DAX. Like, okay, what do I? Oh, let me let me message Greg, and then yeah, little Greg Baldini. I got what Greg thinks. Uh, there should be. I'm gonna make a new external uh, tools add-in that'll just be Greg's email address like, you know, <laughs> or, or Greg's Slack channel. You know, hey, um, you know, quickly Slack Greg Baldini. Uh, ask him about this I'm, question. I'm sure. I'm sure he would be fine with that. If like every time it was clicked, it was like hundred dollars goes to hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I like that idea, Tommy, and I, I, I think I, um, one point I want to point out here around this is 
there there is there are some other tools that I like to use after I get done with like looking at the visual side. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that in my head that I have to kind of continue reminding people, and I think there's a feature that I use a lot more in desktop now, especially when I'm teaching people about the reports that we've built them. So what we'll do is we'll build a report. We'll then do like a quick little, hey, here's a quick overview of what your report does. Yeah. A lot of times I like putting visuals on the page. I don't like a lot of tables just because if you want a table, that usually means you're exporting things. We're not highlighting the data that you care about. We're, we're kind of giving you the summary or the aggregated form of information. But when you need to get to the detail, um, there's usually a table. That being said, when you look at the report page, every visual has a table behind it. And if you use the ellipsis on the table, mm -hmm. you can see that, okay, this visual was whatever it is, a column chart, whatever it is. When you click view as table, it shows you the visual and then shows you all the data behind it, which is really nice. So for every visual you make, there is a logical table or there's a table of information that is being produced that then tells the, you know, the desktop, this is how you're going to render this table. And from there, I'll typically hop into performance analyzer. And that's the performance analyzer mm -hmm. inside desktop. You have a yeah. little separate pane yeah. for it. And then when Under you refresh, yeah. And then what you can do is you can, which is really cool, is it lets you get the evaluate DAX statement for that visual right. out of desktop. And at that point in time, I usually leave desktop because I'm looking, I'm interested in the table to your point, Seth. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, which measure in this table causes the slowness? What, what is, what is doing, what is happening here? And so at that point, then I jump over to DAX Studio and not many people understand what DAX Studio is for or how to use it aptly. And that's where I spend a lot more of my time. I'm going through that query and I'm basically rewriting or slowly deleting out things from that query to figure out, okay, what part of this query can I, is, is causing the slowness? Where does the slowness come from? And then I'm just literally just dropping columns until it goes fast and then say, yep. okay, it's, it's probably one of these three. And so I'll, I'll do a lot of testing there to start tweaking the measures themselves and identifying which measure is the root cause of the problem. I think it's underrated and just cannot be understated how powerful the performance analyzer and grabbing the DAX query from a visual can be. Yes, I agree with that. Um, because it just for those who have, are, are uninitiated to that, you can do an entire performance analyzer on a page, but that basically looks at the querying between visuals, the interaction. But if I want to say, hey, what is the query? Because every visual is a DAX query, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. You can grab that query that basically saying the group by this, the filtering, everything that's making up how the numbers come to be, pull that into DAX Studio, which is a easy install using Power BI Business Ops, an external tool. Um, and it just will show you per, in a sense, per execution, per, I guess, query, the subqueries, how long each is taking. You go, wow, this little filter here that I had no idea was occurring is taking up 80% of the entire load time here. Yeah. So I think what's, oh, inter what's interesting to me about this article is like, it, it, it's not a, it doesn't strike me as like, a, oh, very deep thought provoking one that we've kind of talked about different articles before. But at the same time, I think it's being blogged because <clears throat> Nicola must have been excited about the solution, right? Where he outlines like, hey, there's this cluster bar chart. He, he walks us through how he gets to this point where he uses the analyze feature to mm -hmm simplify essentially this DAX query output, yep. which speeds up the visualization rendering exponentially, right? Because yes. with the filter panes and the selections of uh, 
measures or you know values that are being selected in the filter pane, those are what's driving the addition of these lines on the chart. So all in all, I think it's a good nugget, you know, for somebody to, to read through, put it in your brain dictionary of like, hey, if I ever encounter this situation, I can use this. What strikes me more is where we've gone with the conversation a little bit, though, is, is it speaks to the breadth of experience, I think, that he has. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're thinking, if you read through the article, what are the core components that he's utilizing to come up with this? Right. He understands Stack Studio. He understands front end, back end. Like the whole thing is like you, you, everybody's default is typically, oh, dive into the DAX, right? Yes. These correct. are these are very well known things for him. Mm -hmm. He can read DAX well, right? Because it's you're now getting not what you're creating and putting in. You're seeing the optimized layer underneath the covers of what's actually being generated. Yes. And then he's also including other features, right? And in pointing out that hey. Even even within the you know community of Power BI users, there are a lot that don't even know what this you know magnifying glass button does because you don't interact with these visualizations mm -hmm. a lot. So I think yes, me correct. that's what's most interesting about like if when we start talking about thinking outside the box, a precursor to that is understanding all of these features. Right. Like the we, we preach that a lot. It's not you're if you're using this tool and you see this a lot, too, with with business BI developer, power BI developers. Yeah, totally. They only know what they know. They only, you only know what you've 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 actually gone and built before. Hmm? If you've never used bookmarks, if you've never used filter, if you've never used these things, you don't even know how they act on the page. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's by testing and doing these things that broaden your horizons that give you a much wider array of options to choose when you think outside the box. Because if you don't create a bigger box where there's a lot of other stuff in there for options of you solving problems, mm -hmm. you're going to have a harder time. And that's where I think people struggle with thinking outside of the box because they don't have a big box. To, like there's only so many ideas in there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I like the idea. So another thing here that's going on as well. So, it's a very deep understanding of the front end, back end. And another area here that I think would be relevant for people to research here is he talks a lot about, you know, where do you analyze where the queries come from? And this is concept of the formula engine and the storage engine. And so this is a very core kind of concept of what analysis services is doing. Do I need to go back to the disk, essentially, right? Yeah. And go grab data? Or can I just grab things already aggregated in memory are already aggregated in form so I could run faster. So I think that's a, it's probably oversimplifying the storage engine and formula engine. I think of it as hot cold. Yes. Right? Yes. Correct. It, it, it's hot. It's ready to serve up. Yep. And then in the back, it's not right. Like exactly. It's got to do some work forward. to get to that answer. Yeah. So if you, if you read down to the, the bottom part of the article, right. Anytime you can do visual building, again, a general rule of thumb that I think pertains here is, Yes, this was a very specific example. This was using something with a visual that's creating error bars, right? But in this case, he used measures that were generating these bars across the page. And then by changing the formula slightly, it was enabling an ignore function. So he wrapped an ignore function around some information, which basically caused the engine to, to not make two tables, instead just make one large table, right? So again, 
it's that deeper understanding of how the engine works and being able to try different things to get the same results. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's very difficult for people in DAX. You can write the same equations three or four times and get the same number, a correct number. But then now you can start talking about, are you tuning those measures? Are you designing those things to be fast and efficient for what's occurring inside the report? And I think that's that takes things to another level where you, you know, in, initially you're building sums and averages and but then at some point in time, you have to understand what filter context and evaluation context looks like, because that changes how you build things potentially. And that's when you are really, that's when my head hurts typically, right? I'll build a couple normal measures. We'll get the model kind of together. Okay, great. We're all happy. Then we start adding context transitions and filter contexts. And that's when you're like, oh my goodness, what is it doing when I write this formula? Mm -hmm. So I, I, to me, that points to a couple things. Simplify your data model as much as you can. You know, get rid of stuff that you don't need. If your DAX statements get very complex, uh, potentially there's issues there as well. But in this scenario, using or understanding this, uh, this article, and again, I'm going to have to dig into the, a bit more of this ignore function and kind of do a bit deeper dive on what he was actually writing in these DAX statements um, to, to understand how he was able to manipulate the, store, the engines I don't think he did that. Drop. I think that's what, no, that's output, what the automatic happened. The query. Automatically he output. So yeah. Oh, the, 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 the ignore function that was already there? He didn't add a line of code to everything. Gotcha. Using it, it was by manipulating the visual, right? Oh, and he actually did. Okay. That one, that that's what changed he, that the DAX. fundamentally changed the DAX, right? From from joining I missed that part. two tables to basically... <clears throat> making the measures variables, I think, and then ignoring the data that it didn't need to gotcha. like rip across. So this guys, go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. You're going to ask a question. So I, I think to me, bringing it out, like not into the specific realm of like his, his challenge, but what are, it's easy, I think for us to, to say, oh yeah, think outside the box. But what does that, what does that mean for you guys? Like what are some of ways that when you're in, when you encounter something like he did, it's something's taken 13 and a half seconds and it's mm -hmm. not going to be a direct DAX input that's solving the problem because I can guarantee that's where he started. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm probably try to like, see if this is optimized and it is okay. It's the filter in injecting in, I'm going to go in a different direction. What are, what are some ways you guys troubleshoot issues re related to like thinking outside the box because it's not, it doesn't fall into the, Oh, I've seen this before kind of realm. Hmm. That's a good question. I think that there's probably th three areas there that we could have <laughs> three hour conversations. There's power query issues, loading uh, ETL. There's probably the visual trying to get a representation for the client. And then there's probably just data quality the way I, I immediately go, which each have their own uh, kind of approach or methodology, whether it's something I've done before or trying something new, but it's hard to say, Oh, the, would approach them the same way, right? Um, sp for specific problems, yeah, I, I would agree. They're all you're all gonna approach them in different ways because they're going to be mm -hmm. presenting different things to you. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess where I was at was kind of thinking on a. It, it, how do I? Oh, let me let me answer let me answer real quick, Seth. Maybe that'll help spur your thought because I think you're you're refining the question, and maybe my answer might help refine that question a little bit. So when I, so at some point, I mean, this happens with everyone at some point, whatever you're working on, you run out of knowledge 
you're just out. Yes. Yep. Right. So, so the question kind of here is, I have something that seems to be slow, or I have something that's causing me some sort of angst or problem around whatever we're building, mm. and we're you 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 basically have, have caught to the end of. I've already tried three different things or two different ways of doing the same problem. Something else is missing here. So one step I think I'd try to take is I try and go back down to the most simplest basic form of what we're doing. So I try and simplify things for one. So if something's getting overly slow or complex, I think, is there anything in here that I could remove to simplify? That's probably one of my, one of my thoughts that I'm going through. The second one is I have a couple friends and, and or employees in my company who are also really good at DAX. And I think having another person looking at your problem and be able to articulate. So part of the problem solving process is to be able to explain what is the problem. So in some cases, I've actually tried to explain my problem to somebody else. And in me explaining the problem, they were like, okay, let me just, let me just listen to what you're going to say. I explain it to them. And in the explanation, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's where it is. I see it now. Like, so sometimes just explaining it to someone else illuminates where I was missing something, the weakness, the, the calculation that I was missing, and then I can solve it that way. So that happens also. Uh, and then probably the final way is like, I still don't know what I'm doing. I get it to somebody else and someone else comes with fresh eyes and they're like, well, why are you doing it this way? And they just kind of ask me a couple simple questions around, well, why not do it like this? Or why not replace that value with something else? Oh, okay. I, I can see that. And so you kind of, with somebody else, kind of beat up the idea together. Um, so again, this is where I, I'm not sure it's quite like a mentor, but it's the idea is, do you have access to someone else who's doing similar things, who's at the same level as you at some point? Um, it's very helpful to ask questions of them and maybe they've encountered something similar. Maybe they've dealt with a, a similar challenge, but then they can help you pick apart the idea from a different angle. So other people will have different backgrounds and experiences. Using that as a reference point can also help you understand the engine better by using their knowledge yeah. too. So those are my three ways I think I would probably, you know, uh, try to tackle something that I just, I'm at my wits end. And again, of course, I'm Googling things. Believe it or not, now I'm using more of Bing Chat, and Bing Chat is actually doing a pretty dang good job of, if I ask it a question, it's doing a really good job of telling me what the answer is, and then showing me where the answer reference came from. Um, another reference point that I'll put in there as well is I'll go to the Power BI community, or if I Google something, typically I land on an article from the Power BI blog, or the, the community around the blog, and they'll help me out as well too. I, I gotcha. So I don't know if this is the name or how the song goes, but one huge ways break down, break it down. I don't know. That's maybe a 90 song. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Break down. So I will always break it down, whether even if it's a simple DAX query, I'll have a few pages where if I know it's some something lagging or something maybe not supposed to be a different number, you're doing millions of rows, trying to get like, even like a manual count, like, okay, if this is this and this is this, then it should be one. Okay. <laughs> and I'll create some kind of custom function or custom measures that are literally just doing a one or zero for me to say, should it be true? And then if this is true, then it should be one. Um, and really breaking down there, if it's a more complex DAX query that's slowing things down, I will create DAX functions for or DAX measures for each of those sub queries. 
to try to break it down. One to see is something does like the expected result. And then two, how slow is that son of a gun? But breaking it down, and I'll, I'll do uh, I'll do one. Mike uh, suggested early on in this podcast is take a subset of the data, uh, a few tables from there, mm. and just try to break it down that That's way. That's true. Because I mean, there's some things I'm dealing with where it's like, okay, there's a million rows, and each of these have a million sub rows, or like you know, twenty sub rows per per column. Good luck figuring that out. What the numbers should be. That's true. So a lot of times, I if you're trying to iterate quickly through some ideas, it's much harder when the model is very large and there's also data quality mm -hmm. problems too. <laughs> yeah. So if you have data quality problems and the formula's running really funny, it adds too much, like too many variables in my mind. And so I always like to your point, Tommy. I like going down. Sometimes I'll I'll build out a sample example. Okay, does this sample example run very slow? What can I do to optimize that one I'll particular piece? That will work I, as well. You answered the question, Mike, exactly where I was going, right? And and, and in the way I think I, my main point would have been by simplifying the problem, right? It, it's a great teaching tool. like, um, mm -hmm. and, and I think some of the best experience I've had is, is actually presenting mm -hmm. because it teaches you how to take a concept and simplify it for presentation to to speak it's true. to people. Right? Walk people through so, the idea. So it's the same learned thing. You're repetitively yes. taking concepts or things you learn and articulating them. And I think <clears throat> in these really challenging, and, and I'm not talking about simple problems, like you're going to build your, your, you know, your dictionary of problem solving skills as you go along. But regardless, you're always going to run into something that stymies you, like you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these are very complex to even like you're you're so far in the weeds or you just you've tried so many different things that it's hard to simplify them um but to tommy's techniques break down like using subsets of data approaching it differently right pieces of it ones and zeros making assumptions about the data like this is what it should be this is this is the output i would expect because as as people who deal with data all the time you know that it at least once you find a specific problem area, it alludes mm -hmm. to the larger issue, right? If you solve that one, like you could have multiple problems, but at least you're going to solve one of those. And yes. this is especially true in data quality, right? Yes, like, yes. Something's not right here. What is the use case? The one thing that is off, oh my goodness, okay, that that relates to this business logic that's that's wrong, right? So yes. it's kind of a learning process. But um, what I've also found though is, in, in the past where you are really hitting your head against a, a, a challenge, right? And and maybe this is one of those cases for Nicola because it's like, oh, the DAX is optimized. What do I do? This is 13 and a half seconds. This makes no sense. Um, to get to the point where you can articulate that, sometimes I'd go, just go take a walk, right? You need to remove yourself. Oh, that's a good point. Take, take a break from, from the problem that you are trying to solve and separate yourself a bit. Um, because it, it gives, I, I think a lot of the techniques in here are such that you, you're trying to trick your brain out of the pattern that you're in because mm. the pattern mm -hmm. that you're in is not the one that's going, is not the one solving the problem. So articulating things, simplifying the problem forces you to rethink about how you would explain what the problem is to somebody. 
and break it down into these components. But if you can't get there yet, take a break. Let your brain think through, like it is always going to be chewing on this problem until mm -hmm. you solve it. Trust oh me, gosh, yes. right? So that's Tommy on a bike. That's uh, take a walk. That's somebody, you know, wearing <laughs> that's good holes in their carpet. Um, but also I think what that does is it breaks it out into components. And that I really like that. Thinking backwards also does that, right? Like if you start at the front of the problem and like try to think of different ways to attack like what it is you're building, then you you kind of break yourself out of the mold of where you're at. And then ultimately you'll come to, I think, the the solution on your own. Or to Mike, to your other point, which I really like, is that's where you start to leverage other opinions, right? Like throw it at somebody else. Like if you can't, like if you've simplified it, if yep. you shared it with somebody and they can't figure it out, they don't know what the problem is, um, then yeah, open it up into to other areas. Well, and that's a good point. When you have 50 tabs open on your browser um, with eight, <laughs> 10 of them being Google searches, <laughs> right. just a different way. Maybe it's time to close a few tabs and just kind of take, uh, take a break. There is some really gold nuggets in the community even if i find something that's not exactly what my problem is but like google prop you know shows it up i will always always download someone's example that they did it's like that's kind of what i'm looking for but not really and you know i don't think that's going to work i'll still download that example and look at the dax code so what are you doing kind of mm -hmm. thing and can I maybe I can apply something and I'll just test things out again. This is where that sample file or a new version of the yes. file with smaller data comes in handy yes. because then it's not like, oh, everything's slower now because I have 10 more measures that all say dev test. Yeah, true. And and to some point, too, I don't even want to mess up my real main model mm -hmm. with a bunch of testing functions or if I'm tweaking right. DAX. I don't really want to mess with that. Yeah. I want to just have it works in the side uh, mm -hmm. to see what it's doing. Yeah. I would be lying if I've accidentally overwrote the main measure. And went, wait, <laughs> wait, what? Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. oh no, that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, another one I just thought of that I've used sometimes. Have you ever? Do you guys ever you uh, create mind maps like in Visio or Lucid or like whatever the visual recently whatever yes. visual representation is? I find that yeah fascinatingly successful for myself. Right. Where interesting breaking out breaking out complex anything into a conceptual pieces where I can look at it as I think through the problem, uh, a lot of the times I figure out the breakdowns or I figure out what's what's missing within that. Um, and it helps me articulate in my own head, like, what am I seeing? Why, 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 am, I, why am I seeing this? Why, why, what would make that happen? Why is that happening? You know, and then the whys start come in, coming in and it helps narrow down mm -hmm. like, a potential gap in logic, a potential gap in like whatever's going on, or maybe it's something I need to go, like it's leading me towards, oh, you know nothing about DAX Studio. Well, I'm okay. Well, if that's where I'm going to find whether or not I have DAX problems, so maybe I should go learn that, right? <laughs> kind of true, thing. very true. But I use those as well. I, I, I don't know if I've ever used a mind map to go through a challenge like that. And actually, that makes that makes a lot of sense though. Uh, I like. I'm, I'm gonna have to try to incorporate that in some of my workflows here when I get stumped on something. What What does the mind map of things look like? Walk me through. Like, if you're, is this for like debugging a DAX statement? Is this for something specific? Like, how how are you mind mapping these things? Are you just kind of writing ideas down on a page and kind of like arranging things together? Like, in, in general, but you can do it with any problem though, right? Yeah. If mm. if um, 
it's the same sort of hierarchy that we were just talking about. I forget in what, what episode, right? Like where you're, you're making an assumption. I would assume that the, like, what is, what is happening here? Here are all the things I've tried already. What are the results? It's almost like a, um, a science experiment type thing. Oh, I'm trying this. Yes. It did it. Okay. Work. No, 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 whatever. Right. Like, yes. What, yeah, here's what why. Other, here's why. What other options do I have? Because with, with challenging problems, I've also found in the past that I'll start redoing the same thing. And I think it's, I think it's different just because it's a different part of the data data set. Cause you can find yourself in rabbit holes. And what this allows me to do is um, make sure I'm not retracing the same trails, mm. especially as oh, it's true. like some of these like really complex data problems. I just don't understand why they're happening. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, it, it's hard for me to articulate like, Oh, it's this same process every time because it's not because every problem is different to Tommy's point before, like it, power query, visualization, data quality, <laughs> governance, <laughs> like a, a workflow, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, it, it just helps me visualize not just like where I'm going, but where I need to go. Right. Here's where I've been. Here are the next steps I'm going to take to, to help myself triage this mm -hmm. and, and, I have my my whole area of like, okay, I'm still stuck. I've done 20 things. Let me take a step back. Look at what I've what what I've done already. Does yep. looking at like the these pieces help me figure out like what the next step is? Yeah. Because uh, you can find yourself in these deep holes where you're just absolutely flustered and stuck. Because yep. you don't know what the next step is. Yes. Or you and, don't remember what you've tested last, or it's been a couple visual, days. Right? We, we know that's yeah. visual. So that's that's yep. where that's where I use, I start using that because it's like, you know, whether it's whether it's that or not, it's almost this is the this is why I drive my folks to before you're even working on things, right? Like what is the bullet list? What what yep. is the 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 scope of problem that you're trying to solve? Because when we're in this ambiguous realm of oh I've got a I've got a bunch of you know things to figure out there's a lot of nuance in the data and what does that mean, right? Yeah. What, yeah. what does it mean? clearly write that down? And yeah. and that's not just like um, I think for you know the the precursor to that question is like I need you to be able to articulate like the the scope of the problem for me so I can plan <laughs> accordingly in the next. I was going to say I was going to say I was going to add your point there but yeah that's the exact time, point it's mm -hmm. it's much more more helpful for you to communicate to yes. me and yes. thereby help yourself in figuring out what are what is the specific areas i need to address here instead of it being this nebulous monster of like oh there's so much stuff you, you bring up an interesting point here as well around what happens when there are multiple problems at the same time and i think you're your mind mapping here as well you could have three or four issues all at the same time. And I think this is what Tommy was maybe referring to a little bit earlier, which was around, well, maybe part of the reason why your visual or behavior is slow is because there's actually something wrong in the data. There's a data quality problem. There's a, there's a loop that's occurring or there's a value that's causing problems to not make it render correctly. So you, you could be facing a DAX problem. You could be facing a visual problem. You could be facing a data quality problem all at the same time. And then by mind mapping out, I've tried this and this and this, isolating certain things, you can then more closely drill into what is officially the root cause of the problem. And then you can spend time rebuilding or rethinking things on how it would calculate something. I I, I will try that. Mind maps have never been my my 
uh, forte or it make, it's harder for me to visualize or do a mind map than the actual thought process itself. If that makes sense. I know how easy it is. It press the not, plus icon. Yeah. I'm not saying that. This yeah. Is but I, I see what you're time. saying. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, I, I really do. I, I should try that though, because usually the majority of the time it's not one Dax like line, right? Mm -hmm. It could be multiple factors in that. Is it how many visuals or it is, could be the model and breaking that down. I would love to see a template or example that I've used in the past for something technical with the mind map. Well, I mean, I, obviously we're an audio podcast. So we'll <laughs> let me, hear. well, I mean, I, I don't think initially when I was thinking mind map, I was thinking like a, like a mental map where there's like, you know, a branching tree type thing. I don't think that's what you're referring to Seth. I think you're literally just referring to, um, you know, almost to the point of sit down, write the problem at the top of the page problem. And then as best you can articulating out what is the problem you're dealing with. And then, okay, test one. Here's what I'm doing. Test two. Here's what I'm doing. Test three. Here's what I'm doing. Okay. And then basically taking those areas of the board. And again, right now, a program that I'm really loving is Miro, which is, makes this very easy. You can quickly yep. type and yep. text things all over the screen yeah. and kind of, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, it doesn't have to be like a very organized thing. It could just be literally landing of information. And I, what I do agree also here, Seth, is too, sometimes you need a little, a couple data points to help you refer, reference what you did, right? So, Okay, you may make this change to the DAX statement. Okay, paste that DAX statement here in Miro. Okay, great. The statement's there. Here's the performance numbers that I got. And we just did um we did a very similar thing with tuning some Databricks clusters uh, for one of our clients. Same similar concept, right? We had a long running job. We're like, okay, it's going to take us X number of hours to process all this data historically. How can we cut that data down? And what we did is we did this uh, kind of at your tier same point. We kind of made a mental map. It was in Excel. We just kind of wrote down the, the different parameters we were changing, and we kept changing one or two parameters at a time. We tried to keep it just to one as much as possible. That way we could actually performance tune. Oh, okay. If we had a larger cluster size, if we had this bigger machine, if I added more memory, it, it went faster. Okay. Adding seven machines or eight machines or 16 machines didn't really go as fast as adding five machines that were just bigger, right? So you could kind of do the comparison back and forth, yeah. and we were able to tune a process that you know, took eight hours down to like three hours, right? So great. We, we had a 60% increase roughly on performance. I use, that's, I, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. Yeah. I use Excel when I know where I'm going more, right? Like in a direction. Sure. Where I'm, I'm going to test out these things. Here's the metrics I'm going to collect. I use, oh, I okay. actually use Miro and Lucid or, you know, not Miro, Lucid, right? Just yeah, a sim diagram. Similar kind, yeah. Yep. Much yeah. the same, but it's very similar. I just work in bubbles well for some reason because I can uh, move them around into conceptual areas, right? And I think where I'm at is like, okay, I, I run through my basic, my basic things in troubleshooting. Here's mm -hmm. where I go. But I'm, when I'm stymied, that's where I'm like, okay, I tried this thing. It fits into this bucket. This is where, you know, I, I will try whatever the results of it were, et cetera, et cetera. And then I find that I'm rearranging some of this stuff as I'm uh, working my way through a problem. And that's where I just love the visual tool. I love having a canvas in these bubbles of, of thoughts or tests or ideas that um, I can rearrange as my thinking about the problem changes. Because a lot of times you're you're pushing into mm -hmm. a new direction where you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's over here, right? Okay, what are the things I need to go look up or look at or whatever the case may be? Yeah. And then I have my list of next steps to take. And then what's really nice about that 
is, and, and this is what I'm saying, like with challenging problems is when somebody comes in, they're like, when, when you're at the point where I'm like, I can't figure it out, Mike, I need, I need you to come take a look at something with me. Yeah. What did I, what did I tell How, yeah. how can like one of the, and, and the reason why I love this and so, so effective is how do you bring somebody into a complex problem without forcing them to go through just a, a huge ramp of knowledge that yep. like or, pro, or troubleshooting that you've gone through, right? Because what they're going to do is they're going to say, I say, Hey Mike, I've got this really complex problem. Um, I, I don't know how to figure it out. What have you done, Seth? I've run through all of my battery of tests. Mm -hmm. What specifically? Well, and then I can list them all off, but there's inevitably going to be a bunch that you're going to try again that I've already tested. Yes. That I've already done. So we're wasting time because you're doing the same repeated things that I did mm -hmm. because you didn't know what I did. But if I'm keeping track of that, then we can, I can bring you up to speed a lot faster yeah. and or eliminate the same repetitive tests that you would go through and we can narrow down into the problem area much faster. I like that idea because it, again, it's a, it's about a knowledge transfer at some, at some point, right? You're trying to knowledge transfer into the next person and say, I'm trying to get you up to speed quickly. Right. So we're not wasting time anymore. Said, it's not going to, yeah. it's not every time I use this, right? Because, but it is like, it's the squirrely ones. It's the ones that you're like, I don't know how to solve this. Okay. Yeah. And it, when you hit that point, is when I usually start saying, okay, okay I'm going to start cataloging what I've done because I'm already in the weeds pretty yeah. heavily. And if yeah. I need to like pull somebody in here with me, I want to be able to articulate where I'm at with them. That's or, a great point. You, you know, or you're going to find yourself there anyway. When we say you have to simplify the problem and, and be able to articulate somebody, you have to go through these same steps anyway. You might as well start them, you know, to help yourself out before. Yes. Yeah, totally. You know, I do have one that is relatively new uh, for 2023 that I've really been using because like for me, sometimes I don't want to put my, my problems on Twitter or, you know, my pride gets in the way of asking somebody of like, I don't know this, but I probably should. Um, um, is definitely writing it down. I do have a folder of all like DAX queries that I've know I've used before that are like really important, like rolling average, cumulative kind of thing. Like I and I, I keep it in VS Code in a private GitHub repo because I'm like I know I'm going to need to use this. Yes, at some yep. point and just take a look. But it's actually uh, created a DAX prompt that's called DAX Assist, and now that um, ChatGPT can upload like Excel files and read it. Oh, I basically say hey. I'm going to tell you a model and I'm going to reference some tables. Here's a, some demo data. And I'm going to tell you basically what I'm trying to do with this. And it's kind of the same idea. Yep. I'm not just saying break down this code. I say, uh, you know, like, you know, here's the preview five AI. rows. Yeah. I'm using AI, but it's a, uh, because they already have this for like Python scripts. And then I remember Marco Russo had a YouTube, an hour thing of him just using chat GPT earlier this mm -hmm. year. And saying what he liked, what he didn't like. And, you know, he's like, I wouldn't use this, but it works <laughs> in the most very Italian way. They're like, mm, I mean, it might not be the best, but if it works for chat GPT, so be it kind of thing. But, um, but he did, he did say that he was surprised with the results. He, it could be slow, but it would get him generally in the right direction. So I kind of have this prompt saying, analyze this. I'm going to ask you about the data model. Here's my desired result. Interesting. I've had uh, I've had a customer actually reach out sometime and said, "Hey, I got this DAX measure. It, I got I asked ChatGPT and it gave me the answer, which naturally led to the 
when's Microsoft coming out with Copilot for for Power BI? What what is that? When does that show up? And I'm like, well, not sure how long right. it's going to take. I haven't seen any really good demos yet. So other than what we've seen at Build so far, so I think it's a bit of a ways out at this point. You know, it's going to be great. Is you guys as consultants are going to face if you haven't already somebody across from you asking you questions they've already asked ChatGPT and then oh, going, yeah. at some point well ChatGPT doesn't agree with you Mike <laughs> yeah yeah justify your answer ChatGPT's wrong <laughs> obviously they obviously their data source so this is also probably why the reason mm -hmm. why the more things that I talk about the more I need to put them on yeah. the, the website yeah, because the web, then, right? then, then ChatGPT can go reference Fix myself answers <laughs> It'd be, it'll be great when uh, someone asks ChatGPT a question and they're like, oh, I found an answer at Power BI Tips. Oh, okay, yeah, great. Right. So yeah, it was right. That was, that was mine. That was me. <laughs> You're ChatGPT, Mike? Oh, my God. I mean, well, you know, if the shoe fits. Don't that's awesome. Else. Well, but now that you found out, your rate is going up. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly right. I, I am a, a data source uh, to ChatGPT. So with that, I think we've kind of really exhausted this one. This has been a really good topic. I think this was very good. Um, if we had to wrap here, wrap this topic around, uh, kind of, you know, put a bow on this one, um, what would be kind of our, our secret sauce? You know, we've been doing this for nine years. What would we say for someone who's trying to solve complex problems or look at visuals that are particularly slow? Um, if we had to kind of give our final wrap up here, of what, we what we would recommend? What would you kind of give maybe your one one or two words of advice, Tommy? Let's go with you. Let's start with yours first. I'm going to go back to the hits uh, top 100 billboard uh, mm -hmm. breakdown. I think just breaking it down, simplifying whatever you're looking at mm -hmm. on your page, just that one visual, that one query, and then just slowly breaking down the components of that to see, d does this get what I want? Does this get what I want? Does this what I want? And then slowly kind of work your way back, reverse engineer it. Cool. Seth, any kind of... What would be your kind of one kind of nugget here that you would take away from this saying that you would yeah, I recommend? Think I think it's in two parts, right? We, um, the more time you invest in learning, the larger your box and the easier it is, you're, you're going to be able to think outside of that, right? Like think about different solutions mm -hmm. um, and then simplify and or slash force yourself to change the pattern of thinking to re like re reevaluate uh, the different components and drive towards like different things you can check and test. I liked your, I like your idea there um, around learning more increases the size of your knowledge, the size mm -hmm. of the box that you yeah. can figure out problems with. Gives you more options, right? Yeah, totally. This didn't, this didn't work. What yeah. else can I try? Yes, correct. Right. I, yeah. I'm not going to stop at like in, in, in a perfect example is Nicola. Yeah. I'm not going to stop at this visual. I'm not going to just error bars. What I'm other ways could I yeah. create this visual? Well, yeah. I yeah. know, or I'm going to go look at here, or I'm going to, you know. It's, and he makes it very clear at the bottom it. of the article. Mm -hmm. He never changed the DAX. The DAX did not change. It was literally just, I was right. using error bars, and now I'm using constant lines. The, just the difference between those two. What is another way I can solve the problem? Same problem, yeah. What that does is, like, when I like you that. learn and, and grow, like, you have more of those things that come to mind or, you know as options to test. That really points in my mind the idea that you have to know that there is an error bars. You have to know there is a constant line. You have to know that you can drive a constant line based on a formula, a measure yes. that's driven that same thing. So um, really interesting. I really like that that line of thinking, but also does really help you. It, it really emphasizes you really should know the tool. 
Like you should go through all the options. You should click on all the buttons. You should try more things in the tool to round out that box a bit more. If you have 15 years of experience of Power BI, you really should know the tool. You should, hopefully. <laughs> you should. Unless you have 25 yeah. years of knowledge. What do we, I mean, what around, we, what do we have? Seven. 75 years now? Right. 85 years of, uh, I don't know. Things came out in 2015, right? So yeah. it, Something like uh, that. I feel eight? Cool. Eight years, right? Eight, nine years, somewhere around there. That's what you've been eight. walking around. So I guess I'll give my last five, my word of advice. I would also you know, recommend put some people around you that know what they're doing or find people that are at your skill, if not higher, and trying to connect with them, right? Because you will run into problems, challenges, issues, and it's nice to have a, a second person to bounce an idea off of. Um, and I also think the effort of trying to explain the problem, explain why it's broken, also helps out there as well. So I think those would be maybe my word of advice as well. Find some other people in the community around you where you can ask the question, right? You know, Tommy, we wouldn't necessarily ask all of our questions on Twitter because that's kind of showing we don't know what we're talking about. But having that that that's that closed loop of people that there's no dumb questions. Hey, I must be missing something here. Simple. Can you help me out with this? I'm, I'm doing this thing. That's that's very uh, helpful. And I ask Seth all the time why I can't I can't do things because you know I just can't. And it's, you know he he does he just tells me I'm an idiot and moves on and and we figure it out and move on forward. So. <laughs> I think there's a fair share of that that goes back and forth. <laughs> all, all behind closed conversations, but we don't have to, you know, we don't have to air that one out on Twitter there. So thank you all very much for watching and hanging out with us for another podcast. We really appreciate your listenership. We appreciate your ears. Uh, if you found this informative, if you found some uh, insights here that would help you build your own things in Power BI, our only ask is if you would, wouldn't mind, share it with somebody else. Let somebody else know you found some value from the podcast. With that, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Leave a rating if it's available and a comment. It helps us out a ton. Do you have a question, a topic, or just something you want us to talk about on the podcast on a future episode? You can go to powerbi.tips slash the podcast. Leave us a mailbag uh, idea. And finally, join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. on all PowerBI.tips social media channels. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next time.